0: okay so hello so welcome to what could very well be the first episode of the nurse joe podcast (laughs) it's so new that i don't have a jingle i don't even have a title uh but i think it's going to be something around kind of nurse joe in relationship because uh some of you who know me will know that uh, these are the things that i'm often talking about this idea about being in relationship with people with medicines um and this idea of kind of learning from experience from other people's experience uh, and i'm here today with the lovely wonderful rich taiho who uh i met uh i think we met at the after party at, at breaking convention earlier in the year when we were both speaking so check out our talks if you want to know a bit more about us um but yeah so we met there and uh well I speak for myself, but I I had the sense that we immediately hit it off for lots of, lots of reasons, Um, uh, mainly because Rich is a really good laugh, um, but also because we uh, have, you know, quite, well, I felt like we have quite a lot in common, really, so uh, Rich impressed me, Uh, he's very knowledgeable about lots of different medicines, so uh, people have heard me speak, and I I love all the medicines, Um, I've got my favourites, but I love all the medicines, and, and, and. which definitely is in in relationship with lots of them. Um, But also he he shares some uh, similar passions with me around how do we make these experiences uh, more accessible for people? And how do we start to think about uh, training the the space holders of the future? So, So really happy to have Rich here and I'm gonna let Rich say a little bit more about himself and his background and what he's into.
1: Yeah. So you're right. We met at the after party, um, lots of laughs and yeah, I think just similar, similar, I guess, uh, passions about medicine and sort of right relationship and, and yeah, just, you know, making sure that it's, it's coming from a, I guess a heart centered place and a safe place. And, um, yeah, so A little bit about me. So I guess I I come from, I started my, basically my my mental health career in in crisis work. So working as a mental health crisis worker, really like working, you know, like out on the streets and in like shelters and, you know, kind of working with people. We have a lot of prisons around here. So people getting out of prison and not being on any medication and needing housing and so really triaging and and really supporting people, um, you know, as they need it. Um, so, very low barrier support, um, and you know I love that work, but it was very frustrating as well and it wasn 't because of the people, it was because of the uh, the limitations of the system right and and how medicalized things were so that you know that got me uh, really working through a lot of like grief and and frustration and seeing the oppression that mental health workers sort of have to deal with to almost have the pressure of like fixing people, you know, like making sure they're okay, but then not having the resources to do it. And, you know, you learn how everyone coming through the door has trauma, but then you don't have time to do any trauma work. So there's just all these things. And I was like, oh man. And then there was one day I was on mushrooms reading a Stan Groff book. (laughs) And I was like, maybe I need to take a year off. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I made a plan and I was like, okay, I'm going to save up and then I'm going to take a year off. And on that year off, I'm going to, you know, apply to be a psychotherapist because at the time I could apply with my experience, which was, you know, seven or eight years in, in mental health work. And then I also did some psychedelic therapy trainings. and I did some more, some of my personal work and just like was creative and did things and and really enjoyed it and, and got by uh, without my job. And so I went back to my work just to see how it felt. And it was still feeling a little bit suffocating, we'll say. And so I continued to take more trainings and doing my own work. And, and I was kind of a lone wolf in Kingston, where I live in Ontario. Uh, There's not a lot of people doing it here. Um, And so now I've left that job about five years ago and, you know, I'm trying to mentor people as much as I can so that they're not where I was, which was like, okay, I have all this training and I'm sort of starting to see people, but. I don't really have anyone to throw ideas around to or to like get mentorships. And and I do have a few teachers that I have that I'm really grateful for that have given me, you know, opportunities to sit with them or to, you know, to do some work with them and to get trainings. Um, so, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to pay that forward a bit and really creating like these networks and communities of practice of whether it's like a practitioner or just people that are working on their own resilience in their nervous system and, and, you know, want to work in right relationship with the medicines. So um, yeah, I, I like to try to keep that conversation at that level of um, intentional use. And yeah, so that's, that's, I guess me in a nutshell, I do lots of things and trained in uh, ketamine and psilocybin and somatic work with three MMC uh, what else? And cannabis too. So yeah, a couple of, uh, three different levels of cannabis training with Daniel McQueen at Medicinal Mindfulness.
0: Mm. Mm. And you're about to do some training with uh, Theracil, isn't it? So, Aren't you? So um, is that right?
1: Yeah. So so I'm a Theracil trainer now, which is really cool. And so I'm starting up the first training in Kingston in the end of August. And so I'll be offering that. And it's a great training and I'm really excited. It's like a five-day intensive. And so You know, I'm going through some of the research and reacquainting myself with some of the, you know, the best practices and it's great. I'm learning a lot and I'm looking forward to making it a very experiential training and uh, giving them more than they bargained for, the trainees. Mm.
0: (laughs) So your training uh, would be facilitators with OnferoSeal? Seal. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so if they're uh for Theracil you have to be, I think, yeah, either a nurse or basically something under a registered body, so sh- social social mm. work, psychotherapist, psychologist, uh nurse. And it's a training for psilocybin for end of life. Mm. So uh people dealing with cancer diagnoses, um you know, end of life distress. So it's really about like the psilocybin and mysticism and yeah, how to work with, with palliative care uh, folks. And yeah, it's a really, it's, it's a specific training, but then it obviously it's transferable. Like all the skills that people learn um, will be able to be used, you know, with any population, but it'll Mm -hmm. be specifically the training for end of life. So yeah, they're great. It's a great program
0: amazing and and as we said you've got a relationship with lots of different medicines but i think for the purposes of today we're going to going to concentrate on one we're going to concentrate on cannabis and um i must say when, when we were talking at the party um well you know your breaking convention talk was uh, about cannabis um wasn't it and uh, people can watch that but uh, my ears kind of pricked up because it's one of those medicines that um I don't really have a, a relationship and uh, I think I'm kind of, and the reason I don't really have a relationship with it, with it is because it's, I'm kind of typical of a lot of people that I know and a lot of people in the West that I had a kind of recreational relationship with it in the past and uh, pranged out a few too many times and, and then forgot about it. And so, uh, you know, I really enjoyed your talk and, um, you know, you can say a little bit more about your talk, but that idea of, uh, you know, why it's useful how it can be uh, 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 more accessible Then, so uh, you know I I tend to work a lot with uh, sacred mushrooms and there's quite a lot of admin involved with that takes a long time and um, yeah so my my kind of ears pricked up and I thought oh if I'm going to get a relationship again with this maybe this is the guy to help me but yeah maybe you could tell us a little bit about kind of uh yeah your relationship with with cannabis and why cannabis and and kind of what you're doing with that
1: yeah, you know it's funny because it's so interesting whenever you bring up cannabis to people like there's an immediate you know like oh yeah no i I'm good I, I know cannabis i I've done that a lot and i and i'm and I'm good because <laughs> you know? a lot of times it's like if we don't see cannabis as a psychedelic then we're not really understanding that you know, if we're just smoking a joint at a party and we don't really know the strain and, you know, maybe we're a little bit anxious and we're, we're, you know, surrounded by a bunch of people and then, you know, there's an emerging happening with the cannabis. It's like, of course we're going to not like it because it, there, you know, there's stuff coming up we don't want to see or, or there's stuff that, you know, we don't know how to work with yet. Um, and so I find cannabis is my favorite medicine to work with, um, for lots of reasons, you know, one being it's, it's, yeah, shorter acting. It's, it's a lot safer. Um, and like, there's this ongoing consent process. So you can really kind of like go and titrate into, you know, whether it's like trauma or just like difficult emotions, you can titrate in at a state or at a pace that works for you, which is really cool. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, you know, safer with medications. So it's not going to, you know, block the SSRIs or, or the SSRIs usually will like kind of stunt the, the psilocybin. Uh, this won't happen with cannabis. Uh, and yeah, we yeah. do them in groups. And so the accessibility of that is a lot better too. And, you know, like I do stuff in groups with cannabis that I would never do a psilocybin, like, like people show up and we do it, you know, whereas with psilocybin, I would usually do a bit of prep work, a bit of like, you know, building that container a bit, but because it's, it's got that sort of, um, that titration and that that consent process and it's a little bit gentler on the you know on the come up uh and then you know we the way we work with it is as a psychedelic and so we use it with sort of the best practices of psychedelics you know like you're lying down you've got eye shades there's music you're staying with your breath and so we're teaching people how to work with if something like paranoia comes up or if, mm-hmm. you know, you smoke and you have a little bit of anxiety. So we kind of reframe it for people already before they even have it. And so if they, they do have it, they're ready. Like It's like, oh, yeah, Rich talked about this. I know how to do, I know how to work with this or I know how to reframe this. Um, and so, yeah, and it's it's shorter acting too. So it's not like it takes a full day to sort of sit someone on it. Um, yeah, it's quite a magical medicine. And I think it's, it's sort of this undercover uh, plant that, you know, was discriminated against quite a bit, but it's starting to really show its true colors in, in the psychedelic space. And and I love introducing it to people, uh, because it blows people's minds. Like the word surprise is the thing that I hear the most often. It's like, that was really surprising. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. Or I've done every type of medicine and that one was the most profound experience I've ever had. And it's like, that's wild, you know, to think that a lot of people I don't just work with people that are like psychedelically naive or have never done anything. It's like people that have done all sorts of medicines and, you know, done ayahuasca and and then they do, and then they have a cannabis session. And what I often hear is, you know, other medicines, they showed me who I am, but then this session showed me like, now what, like now how do I implement these new roles or these new sort of like changes in my, in my being. So it's really practical, which is neat too. And great creative problem solver. But really specifically, it's really great at that resilient nervous system. So it really helps to bring you into your body more and move out some of the trauma and stress that's like held in the fascia. And people find like they're in like a new baseline of their nervous system after after doing a session, which is really great. So it's really practical on a, on many levels. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I joined one of what I think, it, I don't know what you call it, is it an introductory session or the the, the, the kind of first level session that we can dig into a bit in, in a minute, but um, and there were some people there, like you say, very, very experienced with other medicines and and they, uh, yes, the kind of thing people were saying was uh, I was surprised at how psychedelic it was and, and for myself, I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how somatic it was, how in the body um, and uh, yeah, and um Yeah, it it was wonderful. So maybe you could tell us, I know you've got a few different offerings, but maybe you could just kind of tell us the the, the different things that you do and how you uh, kind of set them up and...
1: Yeah, so yeah, the what you're referring to, you know, I call it uh, like the toe dip or uh, the sampler. Um, so it's it's like a three hour container, uh, and that includes, you know, a brief sort of like go around the group. We do a meditation. There's sort of a little like intention prompt. And then I give the pre-flight checklist. So basically like, you know, how to work with the plant in this container, uh, what, you know, what practices to bring in sort of like some mantras and where to, yeah, where to kind of bring your, your energy and, and your intention as you're in the medicine. And then once that's done, we basically, we take a quick break and then we all, as a group, we imbibe. And it's, it's really cool because I really give that that back to people where it's like you can have no hoots or like one hoot. I love people are always like, wow, what a nice scientific term, hoot, you know, like a pole or a toke, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, so people can choose if they have like one or five, you know, or 20. It really and you can kind of have one and you can wait and you can see what it's like, you know. So that's another really cool part of the cannabis is. You just have one, and you can wait, and so you can titrate into the medicine at a pace that feels safe and good, and you won't kind of overdo it. Um, so yeah, so we do the three-hour container, and then so once we all imbibe, people lie down, and then I lead them through a body scan, which just helps helps to get them into their body a little bit and, and let the medicine come on gently. And it's a good visualization too to kind of move some of that energy, uh, you know, into the body and out of the body, and kind of move some of that stale stale energy out of the body. And then there's uh for the three hour one, there's an hour of music and that's where you're basically doing the practice and you're staying with the music, you're staying with the medicine, you're kind of coming back to your intention and you're moving through, you know, these different sort of like terrains, I guess, right? Like, so we sort of show you like how to sort of name and discern your experience rather than over mentalizing it. You're just sort of like, oh, okay, I'm in this place or, oh, this part is showing up. All right So just building those skills of navigation in the medicine. Um And then after the music set of an hour, then, you know, gentle callback, a little break, people settle back in. And then we have a, like a little optional check-in and a closing. And so that's the toe dip. (laughs) And then we can also do a four hour one, which is like an hour and a half of a music set. But then really like the deeper stuff would be the two day. So basically doing that two days in a row. And then your psyche is sort of knowing like, okay, I can open some stuff up. And, and finish tomorrow. So I don't have to end complete today. I can kind of end in a bit of a process. And, you know, and then we always encourage in that evening, kind of like just self-care and gentleness. Um, and then the next day there's sort of this continuation. And a lot of times people say like, like the two days really went well together. Like I, whether it was like, I resourced on the first day and then the second day was like tougher. And I moved through some stuff that I wouldn't have been able to, if I didn't do day one or day one was like, I pulled a bunch of stuff up and it was sort of like, almost like cleaning your room and kind of like pulling things up. And then the next day it started to settle back and it sort of integrated some stuff back in. So, um, and then we can amp it up even more with like bringing in uh, cannabis with breath work. And that'd be kind of like a a more, I guess, uh, skill, a more skilled practice. So I usually don't do that with folks until we've done at least like sort of like a two day. Um, And yeah, the two day is great. I mean, that's, that's like the, I guess my favorite to do some some deeper work, whereas the three hour it's like a good you get to see what the medicine can do, you get to build a bit of that relationship and a bit of that skill set to then go to go deeper you know so it's a little toe dip just to give you a little sampler of like what's potential with this medicine mm. yeah
0: mm. and yeah I, I must say I was really uh, uh impressed that you know the, what you can actually do online, how you can kind of set up the the container and how well held you felt and, um, to be able to then be you know, working with the medicine in your own space, you know, that you've set up. And, um, it's quite funny to be in a, a sharing circle where people were eating Doritos and <laughs> it made, you, made me very hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. And, and, um, yeah, it's just, um, and I think you know that that reason about the, the kind of a, to the relationships. There's a couple of people that um, I met who um, didn't come because they had a, 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 a similar story to, to, to me, really. Or they said you know they had they'd been it basically been uh, you know had at times when they were younger and it got a bit too much and uh, they got too paranoid and and stuff like that. And we had a chat around that really. And, and I think like we with it with the mushrooms, I actually. Quite like to come across some of those people in a way to, to 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 think about how can we get people back on track? How can we kind of restore some of those uh, uh, earlier relationships? How can we uh, repair? And um,
1: yeah, I think you know I love working with people that that are yeah repairing their relationship with cannabis and and what they realize is holy crap it's really about set and setting which they know about other psychedelics, but they haven't taken that logic yet and been like, Oh yeah, I had a bad experience on cannabis because I was having a shitty day and I was like in the, you know, I was in a situation I didn't want to be. And then you start to realize, and then plus all the cultural baggage of like, you know, like reefer madness. And like, you know, so we all kind of have that in our psyche still. Right. And so when we're smoking weed, we're not smoking a sacred plant. We're smoking this like demon weed that, you know, we've seen on the TV or, or seen, you know, in the, in the, sort of propaganda of the, the early days. So (laughs) to kind of confront that is, is difficult because it's personal, but it's also collective. Right. And so it's big work even just Mm -hmm. to sort of start to build a new relationship with it. And, um, but, but it becomes a really, really, um, powerful ally. And, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a loss in, in my mind, if people don't approach it potentially with some curiosity and see what it can do. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're my favorite people to work with is people that are like, eh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to come, but I'll just say, come and don't imbibe and just see what it's like. And then that's a good way of titrating in. And then some people will come and do that and they'll have a really big experience without cannabis even because there's the container and there's the group and there's the music and and yeah, online it's quite futuristic. You know, it's like this weird, like we're in a ceremony, but we're at home, and like people are logging in, and and some people really feel safe, you know, being at home yet being in a container that's like a ceremonial space. It's it's quite interesting. It Still feels weird to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would say that medicine. Well, obviously, all the medicines are sensitive to set and set in. I feel that one is particularly sensitive to set and set in. Yeah, the, the, the same amount in a, a pub beer garden <laughs> uh, and the same amount in a, in a, in a kind of sacred space, you know, completely different, com- completely different ballgame really. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I think one of the misconceptions is that you have to take a lot, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. I get like a cannabis, like, yeah, I'm just going to be like hooting away all day. And it's like actually <laughs> the opposite. You know, it's like I, the first time I did it, I think I had like two poles off of a pipe and that was enough. And I'm a, re- a pretty regular user. And so it's, It's like a little bit and it really, it's this adjunct to the set and setting, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and mindfulness as a tool to bring into medicine is just um, really, you really see the utility of it on the cannabis journeys too. And then you can bring that into other medicines. So it's kind of like a training ground for life, but then also for a training ground for other medicines, which is really neat. So I like to say that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I, I think, you know, it's one of the things that I I talk about a lot about trying to find that sweet spot um with, with the medicine and um and yeah I could see how it could be uh good for helping you to prepare to navigate for, for for different medicines um and also so one of the things that uh came to me and that's really I guess that that's one of the things that we've been talking about that maybe we'll do together this idea about how it could also be useful for for space holders to 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 uh learn about space holding and navigation and um yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of different angles there. One being, you know, as a space holder, it's always good to build discernment of your own inner experience. And so if you're doing some cannabis work and you're really, and once again, we don't have time to just be doing like a mushroom, you know, ceremony like every month or something, but cannabis, you can do that. Like you can do it monthly if you want, or, or even more, it's more just like, okay, am I, is this still in good relationship? And am I still, you know, am I using this in a, in a good way? Um, but building awareness of your own process so that you're, if you're holding space, you're like, Oh, I'm noticing I'm a little bit anxious. And I'm not reacting. I'm just like, okay, yeah, there's a bit of anxiety going on. I'm feeling that in my chest. I'm just going to stay with that and breathe with that and move towards it. (laughs) You know, that translates into your nervous system, co-regulating the other person's nervous system, right? Instead of you kind of like, you know, oh crap, I'm anxious and you know, what's going on, you know? And then, so it's a skill in that way where you're sort of able to build your own awareness of your own process. And then I think, yeah, I mean, I like to think that I hold a good container. And so it, it also shows how to hold a, a good container. And then what I've done with some people is we we do a group and then we'd sort of debrief uh, as a way of learning. Like, okay, why, you know, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Like, what was this? You know, because I always say I don't do anything for no reason. There's always a reason mm-hmm. why I'm doing a specific thing. And so kind of debriefing that and like seeing how that container's held and then it can lead to discussions about, yeah, how to hold good space and what do you need to do? Uh, but for me, yeah, it's really about the, the space holder's nervous system and not reacting, you know, knowing when to act and when to not act. And often with medicine, less is going to be a lot more. And so instead of dealing with like, oh, I want to make sure that this person's okay or want, they need a blanket or they're whatever, <laughs> it's like, okay, I need to shut up. And they're going to ask me if, I need, if they need something, you know. <laughs> And so there's a, this idea of, like, hollow bone in in shamanic terms. like, And, you know, we can never have, like, a hollow, hollow bone because we're human. But if we do have a reaction come up, how do we learn to, you know, be mindful of it and not let it get in the space of, like, the space we're holding?
0: Mm, yeah, 100%. Um, and I guess you, you're, you're, you're on Zoom. You can't go and get the blanket. <laughs> All you can do, isn't it, is be... Regulated and and present and um, yeah. So, do you do some of this work also in, in person in in Canada? Can you do? Do you work with cannabis in groups and stuff?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, do groups. I do individual sessions sometimes. Yeah, like big, uh, big breathwork containers for people that are. It's really great for uh for depression, the cannabis mm. and breathwork, like just kind of like breaking out of those old patterns. Uh, But yeah, a lot of people, they just need it for like, it's kind of like for those people that are a bit stuck. They're like, okay, I've done some therapy. It's not getting me anywhere. Like there's something that, you know, so it just helps to bring up that, that hidden, that hidden gem of the self, you know, and help with navigating the life uh, a little bit deeper. Cause I find talk therapy can only do so much, right? You're using the same maps, when you're kind of mentalizing your issues. So we're, we're helping people go deeper into their immediate experience and, and tapping into that, you know, billion year wisdom of the body, right? Like the body Mm. knows how to work with this stuff. We just, we forgot to ask it, you know, or we lost (laughs) value of it, you know, because we've learned that like, this is what's important. We need to be logical and, you know, mental and, and that's great. But we want both, right? We want that that wisdom in the body as well. So helping people tap into that. So yeah, we do groups about monthly here in person. And then we do about monthly um, online on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And and it's all about, yeah, preparing people for what... It's like, you might need a blanket, right? Instead of like, I'm going to help you with a blanket. It's like, grab a blanket <laughs> in case you need it, you know? Because even in person, if someone's shivering, I'm not going to go and put it on them because that can that's not going to be a corrective experience, right? That's like, oh, someone else is doing something for me. And that's disempowering, right? So I always say to people, you need to state your needs. And that can be really corrective, right? Is like, oh, even if it's an edge for people, and like, I didn't really want to ask for that blanket, but I did. And that feels corrective instead of like, I'm going to come and put this on you and take care of you. and And you can't do it yourself, right? So there's a lot of unspoken stuff in space holding that we can be doing corrective experiences on a really subtle relational level, which is really cool. So that's part of space holding in my eye too. Mm. It's like a layer up that we don't often talk about, I think, but um, it's pretty big for the relational piece.
0: Mm. Amazing. And I guess, yeah, with that cannabis as well, it's a medicine that's kind of easier to stay in that uh, relationship. Sometimes you can't even you can't express your needs or you can't speak or, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. I guess you can kind of practice all those things. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay. So, um, uh, I, I'm going to ask everybody this question and I, can, I I know I can ask you because, uh, uh, when I came to your session, you, you actually had, uh, two nurses as, as co-facilitators, um on your on your session and so i'm going to ask you why are nurses brilliant (laughs) why are they great
1: (laughs) i mean for me it it, it's like i think it's like almost like a holistic model that you guys have i find like and there's this like often what i'm teaching about holding space it's like okay you want to be less like a therapist and more like a nurse or a doula you know so it's like a presence that's there during your process and someone who knows you know what to do and how to do it and is doing it with tenderness and with care. Um, and that's sort of like, I don't know, the stereotype of the nurse, right? It's just like <laughs> someone who's there as uh, sort of like a loving gatekeeper to your health, you know? Uh, so that's, you know, I, yeah, I tend to connect with nurses and, and these two women that I work with, they're, they're nurses by training, but then I find that's a really good prerequisite for medicine work. And so they're, they're really stepping into that work more. And, and I've been, Sort of just encouraging them to do that more, um, and hopefully building up their skills so that you know they can hold more space and I can just start doing other circles or I can support them, so yeah, I don't know, I think nurses are just badass; they can do everything.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good to hear you you can come back <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: And okay, so I think uh, we, we'll probably kind of finish up in a, in a minute, but really, you know, what, what's what's next for you? So you, it sounds like you've got your fingers in lots of different pies and lots of really interesting stuff uh, going on, but what, what really kind of gets you going and what are you hoping to kind of call in for the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I really think there's so many, like, so, I mean, Theracil is great. So I'm, yeah, going to be doing that training more. Um, I have a couple ideas for some really, I guess it would be like underground grassroots research that I want to do. And then because of the opioid crisis here in Canada, a a lot of thoughts are going to how do we, and maybe, you know, I don't want to give this idea away necessarily, but I think it's important, (laughs) but I'm going to start developing a, because we've never, I think, seen a protocol for the highest risk people so what would a what would a protocol look like um for someone who's homeless you know and mm-hmm. i think it would have to be a mobilizing a city to get the housing and the you know food and you know so it would be it wouldn't be a psychedelic protocol like we would see it would be a very broad and holistic and you know um i guess like highly uh skilled practitioners where it's like we're working with opioid addiction and, you know, what's a substance that would work well? Like for me, I go to salvia because salvia mm-hmm. is um, like on low doses can be an opioid, it can be good for opioid um, withdrawal. So like, how do we create these protocols for the people that really, really need them? Not like, not to say like, Oh, people who are, you know, having a midlife crisis, you know, doing mushrooms. It's like, yeah, great. Yeah, great. But how do we also, you know, so what, once again, it comes back to accessibility and equity and, and using or having these medicines um, to build uh, like safer communities and and to really build healing on every level, not just like for the people who can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's one thing down the road um, that I'm really excited about. And yeah, just doing more cannabis groups. Like I really think there's potential for prep and integration with cannabis. Um, and I've worked with a lot of people, whether it's with 5-MeO or psilocybin or ayahuasca, I've worked with a lot of people to sort of like, yeah, really settle it back into the body and like really help them with integrating it. So I think that could be a cool uh, retreat model is doing, you know, like psilocybin and then a couple of days later doing a cannabis and breath work and like really kind of like letting letting it land in and like really helping to integrate um, the the medicine. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to sort of travel and connect with more people and and continue to do the online groups and different trainings and things like that. So yeah I think that's I think that's what I'm excited about, <laughs> and many things I don't even know are coming around the band, I'm sure. I'm sure
0: too. So how do people find out about you? How do we, how do they find you?
1: How do they find me? Um, well, if it depends where you what you use, I mean, I'm on Instagram, kind of like shabbily, but it's uh jukebox County 15. So at Box County 15 that's like my band name. And I just go, I go off of that. Um, and then my, like, I have an email, rich underscore tayo at yahoo.com. And then, yeah, I have a website, but it's sort of being revamped right now, but it's Kingston Outside the Box Psychotherapy. Um, and then, yeah, you find me in Kingston, Ontario. You find me through Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure
0: if this goes anywhere, we'll put, put the links underneath. I don't know how that works yet. I haven't. haven't uh got that far but okay i think we'll leave leave that there but thank you so much for joining me today and um yeah and uh uh i look forward to working with you very soon
1: yeah i can't (laughs) wait thanks for having me bye